so much for tuning in and welcome everyone i hope you're well i'm your host ben lively and you're listening to shake and awake episode number 38 i just wanted to thank you for tuning in wherever you are and whatever you're doing right this very moment and as always i promise you another great show but more than anything my hope for you today and always is that you have an actual encounter with the Lord. He's always right there beside us. And if you find any value in these episodes, the greatest thank you of all is to pass the word to at least one person that you know to help spread the word. So without further ado, let's get ready to invite God in with us right here, right now, and allow him to speak directly to our hearts and minds. So today's topic is where... And what you place your time, energy, and effort on is what's most important to you. So what's your time spent on? If you've been tuning into the show for a time, you know that most of what I discuss started as a a personal conviction from God and the Holy Spirit. And those convictions led me to the word and then to obeying God's command to start this podcast to put these messages out since many churches don't. So today's topic is no exception. In fact, it's one of the greatest convictions of my life, which helped my conversion from, you could say, Saul to Paul in so many words. So looking back on my life, I can see a trillion opportunities and they're likely 10 times that amount. To do more with my time than I did. And almost equally, that many opportunities to have been placing my time, energy, and effort on better things that I have. How many of you know that once God and the Holy Spirit speak conviction and truth to your heart, soul, and spirit, there's no turning back? Nothing but conviction, then repentance, which means permanent change in the direction of the narrow path that leads to life. Well, this is one of them. Today, I'm going to show you scriptures that tell us exactly where to spend our time, energy, and effort with the time we have remaining on this earth. Why? Because it's important to God. And and therefore, it must become and remain important to us, right? Absolutely. So first, I want to give you a glimpse of what I spent most of my life on. It's easy. (laughs) It'll only take a second to tell you. It was, ready for this? Me. The worst two-letter word in the dictionary. The worst one-letter word is just as bad, which is I. Everything I did, from hanging out with the wrong crowd, to uh, just to feel accepted by the world, to drugs and alcohol, to feel numb and happy, to obsessive working out to make myself look good, to the military to escape my hometown reality and family and and party hard and hope to kill things, to spending 90% of my week going out partying and working to party, to then a career path to, to make as much money as I could, to following the business and money gurus, to life hack my way to the top, to starting two businesses to free myself from the grind and make tons of money. And I could say so much more, but that, but that's about the gist of my life since the age of 13 through 41. It was a life that was in the world and of the world. 
there's a definition of me in the Bible that describes my lifestyle, you know. It's called being a child of this world, the child of Satan. Oh, you doubt that? One of many, uh, 1 John 3.10 says, So now we can tell who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. So that was the New Living Translation, one of my favorite versions of the Bible. But just so there's no doubt, let me give you the same verse in the undisputable, by man's standards it would seem, King James Version of 1 John 3.10. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil, whosoever does not write, does not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. So they're the same. Same verses. Talk about conviction, uh, conviction, guys. I remember the first time reading this. I was, I don't know, 42 by the time I, I reached this New Testament verse. I remember staring at it and reading it over and over again. Then staring at it, my mouth was open, of course, and wide open, and my eyes were likely bulging out of my face. There was no disputing this. To do so would be to dispute God directly. There's no way to sugarcoat or gloss over or dismiss this verse. Or the many just like it in the Bible. You either take the verse and use it as one of the many spiritual mirrors to reflect upon whether or not you're a true Christian. And then take it with the absolute seriousness that it reflects. Or you choose to ignore it and sweep it under the rug and continue down the easy and broad road that leads to destruction. Yes, it's that simple and that damning, folks. So what does this mean to us today? How does this apply to this episode today? It applies to every minute of every day we have left in our lives. It means everything. What are we supposed to spend our days on? I can tell you one thing. It's like it's likely not what we have been spending our days on. At least in my life, it was never. So Ephesians 5, 15 to 17 says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Those that inherit the kingdom are those that do the will of the Father. What is the will of the Father? We'll get into that. And it has a lot to do with what we spend our time on. Uh, Ephesians 5.16, it says, make the best use of the time because the days are evil. The days that we have are filled with evil and what we do with them determines whether or not we're fulfilling God's purpose for our life. In Psalms 90.12, it says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Well, we can't number our days because we don't know when our expiration date is. But if you looked on a calendar, we all have a date somewhere into the future, others sooner than, than others. And there, it, circled on that proverbial page is our last day here. Everyone's got one. We just don't know what it is. So what it's really saying is make sure we understand time is not on our side. We can't purchase it. We can't influence it. But what we can do with it is everything. And let's get a heart of wisdom through the word of God while we're still here and make the most of of our days through wisdom that comes only from God and the Holy Spirit. John 17, 3 to 5. And this is eternal life 
that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Okay, so Jesus is saying that while he was on earth, he accomplished the work that God gave him to do, and he glorified him on the earth by doing it. And now what he's saying is, Father, God, glorify me in your own presence with the same that I had before the world existed because the world is evil. So when we accomplish the work that Jesus, or I'm sorry, God has given us, then we've accomplished the work. That is the work that we are to do so that he can be in our presence. That's why we're here. James 4.14, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. And so what it's really standing out is you don't know what comes tomorrow. Could be good, bad, or ugly. You might not be here. Remember why you're here is what it's saying. You're only here for a short time. It's about what you do with that time that dictates the value you're placing on what God wants you to do while you're here. Romans 13, 11, beside this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. And so what I get from that is things change as we grow in Christ, right? So we're nearer to salvation through Jesus Christ every day that we move past when we first believed. So we're expected to do more. Too much is given, much is required. I know you know that verse, but the time that we have, the hour, it says we it's come for you to wake from sleep. It means get up, stop sleeping. The rest of the world is. Wake up and live the life that God wants you to live. Ephesians 5.15, look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. As wise, watch what you're doing. Look carefully at how you live your life. The unwise or the unsaved, and the backslidden, and you could say the lukewarm. But as wise, God tells us how to walk a wise life throughout His Word. Romans twelve one to twenty one. I I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present here. Here, here we go. Here, here's how you if you want to sum up how to live your life for God and what to spend your time on. Here it is. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, many body parts, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, the body of Christ, though many are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. That is huge. 
James 4, 13 to 15, come now, you who say today or tomorrow will go into such and such a town, spend a year there, and trade and make a profit, yet you don't know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. The this and that is to live for Christ. You don't make plans for us. What is retirement? 15, 20, 30, 40 years of of comfortable living, I guess? Or do we live for Christ and have an eternity in paradise with him? By the way, the paradise part is being with God in his presence. Psalms 127.2, it is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Now that one speaks right to me. Waking up early, going to bed at 2-3 in the morning, anxious for what? It was in vain. It was absolutely in vain for money and things that it could buy. Which, by the way, is really what he provides for free. That's what we're end up fighting for. So he gives his beloved sleep, rest, comfort. We don't have to spend our, our years in vain for us. It's not live your best life. It's live your best life that he gave you for him. Two completely different things. Matthew 18, 34 to 35. And in anger... His master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debts. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Think about that. Forgive others. Live in peace. Proverbs 3.1 My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. So we're going to be disciplined. Just as a father or a mother disciplines her child because they love them, God disciplines us. Don't let it slip. Don't let it slide. Don't despise it. Embrace it. It's not what life does to you. It's what he gives life for you to do. Micah 6.8, he has told you, oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. That's what we are to do with our time. Colossians 4, 1 to 5. Masters, treat your slaves justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. That's us. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm, I'm in prison that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. How are we making the best use of our time? Well, Matthew 5, 23 to 27 says, if you are willing, sorry, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hands you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. So God's saying it's so more important to reconcile with those that you have differences that he would rather you before you Come to him that you and praise him and worship him. Stop what you're doing because it's more important for him 
to him for you to go and reconcile with anyone you have differences. Remember that. Ecclesiastes 9.10 Whatever your hands, uh, hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. So I'm going to break that down for you. That was an eye-opener for me. It's saying when you're dead, you can't do anything. You don't have forever. It's what you do now. You have a hand right now. Do something with it with all your might. And they're not talking about works. They're talking about works through faith. So if you have the faith and you have the knowledge and you have the wisdom, use it with everything you have in you. Because once you're dead, it's done. And here are two that I, as I was gathering this scripture, God reminded me to add in. I heard Ben, do not leave these two out. That was, that was the message that I felt and that I heard. Okay, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That's evangelizing and dwelling in God's word. All the scripture was breathed literally by God. So was the life into Adam. So yes, it was literally breathed out by God and it's profitable. For what? For teaching, for reproof and correction, and for training in righteousness. How can you be if you do not know? You can't. What also follows is is uh, same same book, Second Timothy. It's but it's two verses twenty four to twenty six. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil. Correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So, what it's saying is there's this push and pull. They're both after your soul. God's after your soul, and so is Satan. And how can you? prevent the snare from the devil. One third of the angels were caught in the snare and sent down. So who do you think you are that you cannot be captured by him to do his will? You you likely know many people that are of this world and in this world and they are doing the devil's will. But if you're able to endure it and you're able to teach and correct with gentleness and, and through repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, which is in the word of Christ, then you can walk with the Lord and do his will, the will of the Father. Uh, the other one was Mark, uh, a few verses here about this. This is uh, highly, really important. It's uh, Mark eight thirty eight. For whosoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, man, sounds like us, right? The son of man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels. So these are more convictions. These are the ones that blew me away when I first read them. Second Timothy 1.8. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner. But join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. Titus 1.16, they profess to know God, here was me, but by their deeds they deny him. So we can deny him by our deeds, being detestable and disobedient and worthless for any good deed. And lastly, 2 Timothy 2.12, if we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. 
It can't be any more simpler. Before we wrap up today's episode, I want to make a, a I want to take a moment to say something I'm unsure if any pastor or leader has ever said to you. But I but I'm no, by no means a pastor or a leader. I'm simply a humble servant of God. And this is a twofold, so listen carefully. How will you know and understand the guidebook of our life to wisdom and meaning and instruction if you never read it? Get in your Bibles and begin reading all of it. Not sometimes, not some of it, all the time, all of it. Don't use Sunday service and podcasts to provide you with what God already has in his living word. And the second is just like it. Oftentimes, there's meaning in what isn't said in the Bible just as much as what is said in the Bible. Here's one out of an infinite number of examples that I'm going to give you. You can and will not never know everything that's in the Bible. So here's my best example, okay? Let's take 2 Timothy 2.12, which says, If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. So it does not say if we never talk about him or express who he is or what he's done in our lives or how he saved us or what's needed to come to him and receive the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. It clearly says if we deny him. But isn't omitting the truth the same as lying? Isn't it the same as denying So if I stole something and they lined me up with uh, three of my friends who, who stole and ask which one of us stole the item and I say nothing, am I not denying that I stole? There's wisdom, power, and great instruction in what you consume in and through your Bible. There's nothing in what you don't consume. So my final question to you is then this, where and what you place your time, energy, and effort on is what is most important to you. So what's your time spent on? My final statement is this, and I'm going to borrow this one from pastor and evangelist Paul Washer. He says, we live between two great days, the day Christ hung before men and the day all men will kneel before Christ. To which I'll add, Make your life a life worth living for Jesus. Pick up your cross daily and live for him. So before we end today's show, I just want to thank you all again for tuning in. And I hope you were touched by today's message in scripture. I'd like to ask you a favor. Only if you received any value out of today's show, would you tell at least one person you know? Just call them, text them, email them, talk to them. Tell them to give them the show a listen. And check out the show at shaken-awake.com. You can email me at ben at shaken-awake.com or call or text directly for any reason at 407-493-3208. Again, that's 407-493-3208. And if you have ideas for the show, please let me know. If you know of someone that has an incredible testimony of coming to the Lord and you think they'd be a great guest of the show, please connect with me. I'd love to hear more. So next week, tune in next Sunday or whenever you're able as we dive into another important topic of our day, which is how can we love our neighbor as ourself if we truly don't? So next week's episode is another powerful and do not miss episode. Thank you all for joining. And until next week, take great care of yourself and each other. And God bless you all. 